Prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is the Legend of Retro. Welcome to the Legend of Retro. I am Craig WK, and with me is my buddy, The Glitch. Yeah, what's up, Craig? How you doing? Doing pretty good. I, uh, I'm pretty excited we get to talk about a uh, one of my probably one of my favorite Sega Genesis games of all time. Yeah, what's that? We're talking about Beyond Oasis uh, for the Sega Genesis, released by Ancient for the Sega Genesis on uh, March 15th, 1995. This top-down action-adventure uh, game stars Ali, who obtains a golden armlet of elemental power and then seeks to gather uh, the power of four spirits and destroy a silver armlet, which is filled with ancient evil. Gold good, silver evil. Yeah, pretty much. There we go. Yeah, simple as that. I like the intro to this game, by the way. The whole animated scene. It looks awesome, it's right? It's so cool. Yeah. The 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 art in this game, I mean the the sprite art looks pretty good, you know, like the 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 actual art when you're playing the game looks solid, but the like cutscene still images looks so good. Oh yeah. Very anime style. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, you know, it did a really good job with uh, the like the the art and you know the intro and stuff and even the when they're talking about like the the ancient evil like war that happened you know or whatever the two wizards that battled mm-hmm. even that all looks really good yeah you know I but I so he's a prince yeah he is Prince Ali Prince Ali fabulous he I'm pretty <laughs> sure he's Ali of Ababwa I've heard he's strong as ten regular men definitely. I don't know what this. I don't know what's happening. You better try your best to stay calm. Do you not really know what I'm talking about? It's the no song idea. from Aladdin. Oh, that's right. You never watched the old Disney uh, You've movies. Heard, yeah, you know this. I, I forgot I about that. Didn't watch any of them. Oh man, that reference is lost on you. Yeah, uh, yeah he is in Aladdin, uh, the old cartoon movie. He takes the name Prince Ali when he's trying to fake being a prince to marry the uh, princess or whatever. Okay. Uh, but uh, but that's what I always think of when he because the main character is Prince Ali. I'm sorry, I'm a jerk. Y- yes, you are. <laughs> y- you are. You you should feel bad. Yeah. Uh, Fox McCloud server in our Discord likes to remind me all the time about how I'm a jerk, and I just am terrible for never seeing those movies. I mean, kind of like like most movies. I'm not a big movie guy, but like look, old Disney cartoon look, movies. Come on, man. When I was a kid. I saw those Disney movies and I thought they were all like little girl movies, you know, Beauty and the Beast and Cinderella and all that stuff. So when Aladdin came out, I was like, oh, another, you know, girl, little girl movie. I'm not seeing this. I didn't know. Okay. I didn't know. But I guess hindsight's 2020. I guess the crime is the fact that I still haven't seen it. So (laughs) I can't really argue that. But uh, sorry. So yeah. yeah. Anywho, yeah. The so yeah, you play uh, play as uh, the the prince of this kingdom, and so you know, which I think is an interesting touch because usually you're the guy just stuck working for the king, but like you you have a lot of agency here. This is your kingdom. You can't just run away and be like, all right, forget this. I'm out. This is your homeland. So you know, you 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 know, 
come back from this voyage where you get this golden armlet and you know like monsters and and you know evil people are like attacking the village of your your you know little castle town and you know you defeat them you get back home and the king's like oh go to the water palace blah 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 you know you know i found it very odd like how much respect the king had for the prince because it's usually like in games like this where you're playing a prince or something you're trying to convince your father that you're this strong being and you know you have this destiny but in this game it starts up and the king's already like oh you must be the chosen one who got this armlet I mean, let's Follow, face it. You know, go to the waterfall and 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 you know, find out the spirits. This this prophecy must be true about this legend that was told. Let's face it, glitch. If if you're like you know thinking to yourself, you're the king, and you're like, okay, when this little brat gets home, who's you know been sailing off and trying to find treasure and stuff like a little idiot, I'm gonna beat the. <laughs> and then he walks in, and you're like, was that is that the golden armlet that that houses the the power and spirit of this ancient wizard? I mean, son, you're you're the chosen one. You're great. I can't wait for you to take over. How much elemental power do you have? Uh, okay, that's cool. All right, yeah, do, do, do your thing, son. Don't hurt me. Yeah, basically, I, I think the king probably changed his tune when he saw the uh, you know golden armlet of uh, uh, Raharl. I think is the wizard's name. Yeah, I think it was Raharl. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so, I mean, as far as that goes, I, I think that's probably what would happen there. And yeah, the, the princess is like, yeah, you're the best big brother. And so you go off on this quest and you start going through dungeons and getting, you know, elemental spirits to help you. Now was, so that was his sister. Yeah, it was his sister. Uh, uh, who's on the, the throne next to the, the dad, the king. Okay. So does he have two sisters then? Cause. Yes, no, no. Well, I guess we can spoil things. You eventually find out that you have a bit, an older sister as well. All right, sorry for spoiling things. Uh, yeah, so well, we warned. So, so, uh, so yeah, you have a big sister who you find out later in the game, and then you are uh, the middle child, and then you have a younger sister, who's the, prince, you. uh, the, the princess. Now they don't like the the plot is very simple. They don't go too in depth. Uh, they might explain that you have an older sister who went missing or something earlier in the game, and I just never caught it. Uh, but I remember that being kind of a surprise at the end. Yeah, I, I mean, the playthrough I watched, they don't mention it at all until towards like the middle of the game. Okay, yeah. I uh, so well, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the the uh, developer of the game first off before we go too too far into yeah, the plot so a- stuff. ancient, right? Ancient, yeah. Uh, they're a game developer, uh, partially owned by Yuzo Koshiro. Uh, who is the guy behind Streets of Rage and is a, a great video game composer. Uh, you want to know the other person who owns the, the company? It's partially owned by him and someone else. You know, I want to say I looked this up and I was like, why? first off, I was like, why does Craig want to play this game? Mm-hmm. And then I looked up um, a name and I was like, oh. Uh, what was the name you said first? Yuzo Koshiro. Oh, so that was the name I looked up. Okay. Yeah. Because he's done all the music that Craig is completely obsessed with. I wouldn't say. Yeah. Okay. Kinda. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. So then, what's the other name then? Oh, it's not a name you know. I didn't even write the name down, but it's someone you know must exist because the other exists. Okay. Yuzo Koshiro and his mother own Ancient. Oh. Right. He co he uh it's co owned by uh, him and the other person who foot footed the bill to start at this company was Yuzo Koshiro's mother. Oh, that's awesome! And his sister is a character and graphic designer for them. 
That's awesome. Isn't it? I yeah, thought that was neat. pretty cool. Uh, the Ancient is the, uh, responsible for uh, uh, games such as Sonic the Hedgehog for Game Gear, Streets of Rage 2, Act Razor 2, and Robotrek. Yeah. Uh, Act Razor 2 and Robotrek were uh, uh, published by Enix, but they were developed by Ancient. Uh, and uh, apparently they've also done a million like anime games in like the 2000s. Like bo 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 bo, and you know, bunch of bleach and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, yeah, ton ton of anime games. I uh, but I uh, so yeah. Let's uh, let's chat next about the uh, gameplay a bit, and that's I think where where Beyond Oasis really shines because you know the the gameplay or or the plot I should say is you know fairly simple. It's not bad. The art is pretty, you know. But you know, it's you're a prince. You're going around trying to hunt down a silver armlet of evil yeah you, you gather spirits you find evil yeah. you defeat them not a, all not, is one you know, yeah not, not a not a huge deal yeah. the gameplay is really where it shines because it's top down and so a lot of people always you know say like oh this is just like a zelda clone but it's not it's really very different it kind of has like beat em up fighting game elements to it yeah i almost kind of had a hard time categorizing this game because it, mm-hmm. it it's like an action rpg but at the same time there's not much rpg it's like a beat-em-up yeah, you would think it's more rpg when you look at it but like yeah it's almost more action adventure, adventure. beat-em-up yeah you know and so like there are button commands you can enter to do certain moves and stuff you can duck you can jump uh if you double tap the button you'll run so you know there's a lot of uh very beat-em-up style like mechanics to the game almost. You can tell that this is a team that was like, all right, we did Streets of Rage. What are we going to do different for this, like, you know, adventure game? I don't know. Like, you, you could put in a, you know, like, f- forward, back, A or whatever and do, like, a crazy double, like, a super attack. Yeah, okay, yeah. You know, fighting game combos, sure. Throw them in. Why not? You know, so you have that. Uh, but you also have uh, what's kind of interesting is your knife is just you can use it over and over again. Yeah. It's not super strong. However, you do have the ability to pick up weapons that have like a limited number of uses. Yeah, it's kind of like like Breath of the Wild. You have these weapons that, you know, have a certain durability. Yeah, yeah. So you have like crossbows, bombs. Of course, bombs are one time use. Uh, crossbows typically have like maybe 10 Crossbow bolts, and then it's, you know, over. And then you have swords that have a certain number of uses. Yeah. And then you can eventually get, like, magical swords and stuff. And, in fact, uh, one of the interesting things about the game is there is a bonus dungeon. It is a 100-level dungeon where you can get a fire sword that has unlimited uses. It's called, like, the Omega Sword or something like that. So I have the list of the infinite weapons. So there are five infinite weapons. Oh, there's five. Yeah. Okay. Um, so there's a fire bow, which you get for completing the secret race in under one minute, 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, you get the hyper bomb, which you uh, get from making it to the end of the secret cliff, which is like a platforming um, mini game. And mm-hmm. I thought the platforming in this game was really cool. There's a lot of uh, areas where there's moving platforms. Yeah. And if you fall, you die mm-hmm. or, you know, you get sent back to where you were last standing. And there's this one where you make it all the way to the the top of the map, and there's this section where you got to jump and uh, avoid enemies. You make it all the way to the end. That's where you get that bomb. Um, the one you're talking about is the Omega Sword. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's like a like a gigantic boss battle of a hundred story 
dungeon uh-huh. where you just keep going down and down and down and the battles get harder and harder. And yeah, if you make it past all 100 levels, you get that Omega Sword. Yeah, which is really a neat feature to add into the game. Uh, you know, it Not only does it lengthen it out a bit, because this is a fairly short game. If you don't get any of the bonus weapons and you just fly to the end... Not does not take you that long to get through Beyond Oasis, which is kind of a shame because, you know, it is a very fun game, but it's very fast. Uh, but I uh, but yeah, with this bonus dungeon, you know, it can it gets fairly tough. You know, you start, you know, like there are enemies in the game that are like these little rat men, you know. Yeah. And so like, you know, off the bat, yeah, you're fighting a few rat men. All right. No big deal. By the like the last few levels, you're fighting these like uh, big armored guys with flails and these zombies and stuff. You know, it starts really getting fairly challenging uh, by the end. Yeah. Uh, there's also an atomic bow, which you get for oh, yeah? finishing the secret islands without opening a chest. Hmm. And then there's a metal bow, which uh, one of the collectible items on the way down of the secret waterfall. Oh, okay. I didn't realize there were that many unlimited bonus weapons or whatever. Yeah. Interesting. I uh, but I but the, so there's also the the spell points or whatever they're called when you get the spirits. Oh, it's also part of the gameplay. Yeah. So when you so when you get through like the first dungeon or whatever, first or second dungeon, you you find the water spirit Dido. Dido, I think Dido. Yeah, Dido. You Dido, know yeah. the the Grammy nominated artists with their hit songs "Thank You" and "White Flag." Yes, her. Yeah. And yeah, uh, so she helps you. And she... <laughs> She's got fairy wings, flies behind you. Yeah. <laughs> so the magic in the system is is interesting. You have like a bar for magic yep. and it's going to, you know, slowly deplete or whatever. But uh, if you tap the button, uh, a button once, it casts a spell. If you tap it twice, it casts another spell. Like if you double tap it, if you hit and hold the button it also casts a different spell. So every one of the spirits has three different spells, and then if you hold A, B, and C all at once, the spirit vanishes. Yeah, so like the the meter will deplete as the spirit is with you. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're not even using them, and they could just be hanging around you, and your meter will just continue to drop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, slowly trickles down. Uh, and, you know, like the, the the water spirit, you know, gives you like a heal to shoot like a water blast and then become like this like water spout that kind of like funnels around and like flies around the battlefield or whatever. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's how the third one works. Yeah, it's like a tornado. Yeah, yeah, like a water tornado. Like, yep. come, yeah, it comes out. That's right. Uh, and then there's also the fighter spirit uh, who's Ifrit. Yep. Uh, who's, you know, shoots fireballs, pretty standard stuff there. Yeah, he's like the brute one. Yeah. So, um, I know in a lot of the gameplays and like the speedruns I watch, he's the one that's used mainly for when there's just a bunch of enemies. I gotcha. Uh, and then otherwise, you have Shade, which is the like spirit of darkness, and then you have Bow, which is like the life spirit or the plant spirit. Yeah. And so you know they all have all these different spells. In fact, uh, Shade uh, I thought was interesting. You can create like a duplicate of yourself. Uh, where like you, it's like two of you. So you get like when you attack, you attack twice. Stuff like that. And if you get hit, he takes the damage. Yeah, yeah. It's. I thought that was really interesting. Uh, but I think what is most interesting is that it's not as simple as a lot of other games would have it where, you know, you just open up a menu, bring out a spirit, bam, you're done. You need that spirit's element to be able to summon them. So, like, if you're in a room filled with, like, you know, water up to your, like, you know, ankle or whatever... Well, you can shoot out a magic orb and it summons forth the water, you know, fairy water spirit. Yeah. If you want the fire spirit, Ifrit, you need to shoot a magic orb into like a campfire or something. 
I uh, the the plant one is pretty simple. It's just plant life, you know, flowers growing or whatever. You know, you shoot that there. But I think what's most interesting is shade. You need to shoot your own reflection with a magic orb. Yeah. To bring out the spirit of darkness. Not yeah, just so shooting it's, a it's shadow. Like the mirrors or you know, those things are on the game. That's how you get mm-hmm. them. That's how you summon them. Yeah, I thought that was uh, really interesting that you know you have, you know, it, it allows the 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 creators of the game to kind of play around with who you who they want you to have access to as far as spirits go, you know, in certain parts of the game. You know, so if they think to themselves like, well, I don't want you to be able to use the fire spirit here, they can just make it so you don't have any like fires around. Yeah, or if they don't want you to get access to this area yet, they just make it so you need one of the later spirits to get through. Exactly. Yeah. So like, you know, one of the early ones I can think of is a uh, it's like a pillar of ice is blocking a path and you need the fire spirit to melt it to be able to pass through it. Whatever. Yeah, or the the plant spirit also breaks through these certain doors and mm-hmm. you can't, you know, get access to the door without the plant spirit. So. Yeah, yeah, that is absolutely correct. I uh, and so the, you know, that that's basically the gameplay. And so it, I, I do want to say yeah. so uh, there are things that replenish your health and replenish the spirit meter so there's like foods, fish and cheese and you know, like stuff fish apples cheese and then there's like cabbage and stuff that fills up your spirit meter yeah why is he eating it through the top of his head because that's the best way to consume fish i have no idea no i i don't know i thought it was very strange every time he picks up an item he's like lifts his head up <laughs> hands above his head and just like plops it through the top of his head Boop. Yeah, it makes that weird noise. Yeah, I don't know. They they didn't really animate him eating or anything. It just sort of vanishes. Like he slaps it on the top of his head and it's gone. I just presume he like put it on the top of his head and it just slid down his face and then went into his mouth. I don't know. That's like, I guess that's just I mean, I wasn't picture. expecting like Booster from Super Mario RPG where he just like bop, 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 and then just like <laughs> disappears. But like, yeah, nothing. It's just bloop right in the top of the head. Yeah, the... Yeah, that is kind of weird. I uh, all in all, the the animation and sprite work is good, but yeah, that that one's kind of a little lacking. There's no eating animation. Uh, but one of the other things I really love is it's the uh, the sound effects, like the screams from the enemies and monsters, are very very much like a beat 'em up. Like yeah. this, like ah, like like them going almost as if they're just like getting like thrown across the battlefield or whatever. That's I super love it. over dramatic like scream. Oh, oh yeah, 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 so good. I uh, but I uh, let's see, let's uh we can talk a little bit about the plot in the end of the game. You know, well, we can we can go over the bosses too. Uh, I mean, do you remember? Uh, I got the list of all the boss. Oh battles. yeah, go for it. So in the first shrine, uh, which is the water shrine, mm-hmm. you fight a uh, like a spider slash like scorpion hybrid. Yeah, it was a real weird. It's called Crab Nabber. Is the name I looked up. Crab Nabber. But it like comes to life. I thought it was really cool. So you enter the room and there's like this. Uh, exoskeleton of of a dead tarantula or whatever it is thing yeah and it just starts like changing color and coming up to life its arm you know lifts up and then its body starts you know getting color and it comes Mm -hmm. to life and i thought that was really cool yeah the aesthetic there is really cool and the the boss fight is kind of neat you know you you just basically slap the thing around as it jumps around the battlefield so that's the water shrine and then there's the waterfall shrine Oh, yeah. Don't get those two confused. Water shrine and a waterfall shrine. Go figure. <laughs> uh, and that one you face a black skull. It's called the Black Skull of Echabolan. 
which is like a demon head with two hands. Oh, that one looked really cool. Uh, the hands are just like random around the screen, and they're coming at you at mm-hmm. all you know at all angles. And then the head is you know you have to defeat the head in order to defeat the enemy. Yeah. Um, the one that I thought was the coolest looking one is in the Shade Shrine, mm-hmm. the the Shrine of Darkness. You fight the old dragon in the crater, which is like this oh, yeah. red dragon looking thing. I remember uh, my wife was. She was um, in the kitchen. I, I said, hey, come in here real quick. Check this out. And she's looking at this boss fight. And I said, this is the Genesis. And she was just blown away because uh-huh. it doesn't look 16-bit. This thing looks insanely amazing. It looks really good. The dragon is awesomely animated. Oh, yeah. It's it's amazing. And, it, and it's got the depth of him in the crater and then his uh-huh. head coming out and attacking you. Awesome. Bo- oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they did a really good really job cool. with that one. Um, and then the last one. Um, is a mysterious guy that shoots orbs at you. I couldn't find a name for him. Yeah, like the wizard guy. Yeah. There's also uh, uh, which is in the forest shrine where you get bow. Right, right. Then there's of course the final boss and the the fight before the final boss, which we'll get to in a little bit. I, uh, I, uh, you know, I did want to mention, of course, the I. Uh, so you have basically the, the, the gimmick of the game is that two great sorcerers or wizards battled against each other in the past, Raharl and Agito. And, you know, they, they stored their power in these armlets. And basically the, the, the premise is that, you know, Ali found the golden one. That means the silver one has now become also active. And it's, you know, whereas the golden one is filled with this elemental power to, like, work with the spirits, the silver one is, like, you know, filled with destruction and chaos and, like, you know, like, I I would presume binds spirits to its will rather than works with them, something of that nature. Yeah. And so, you know, you, uh, as you go through the game, you eventually find, uh, in what I thought was kind of a neat reveal, uh, there's another, uh, you know, person, the person with the silver armlet is around. And what I thought was cool is like the first time you talk to this like cloaked figure, I'm thinking like, oh, okay, like who is this guy? And they're like, oh, blah, blah, blah. You'll never stop me. Yada, yada. And it's like, oh, okay, I don't know who the heck you are. And they put you in a trap. And when they do so, they throw their hand out. You see the silver armlet and it's like, ah, <laughs> son of a, I knew it. And uh, so you go through the game and I just thought it was some dude, just some guy. And so you, before the final boss, like, you know, the silver armlet wielder is like, you know, ah, you'll never stop me, blah, blah, blah. I will say I love the interaction between the two because he doesn't call you Ali. He always calls you golden armlet. Like, as if, like, hey, what's up, golden armlet? Like, just so mockingly. Yeah. I, yeah, I really appreciate that. And it also kind of ties into what we're going to see in the ending as well because, you know, you you finally fight this person. They, like, summon forth monsters to fight, like, while they're fighting you. And you defeat them, you know, of course. And uh, uh, they're like, yeah, well, you're never going to stop the resurrection of Agito. And it's like, oh, crap, that wizard is, like, <laughs> trying to get out. And so they run away. And so... You, you get into the final chamber, and honestly, I think even more than the Red Dragon, I think I liked the final boss, because like you go in, and it's like this uh, uh, kind of almost like a, a, a tiny plateau or like you know this tiny little area where you can walk filled with human bones, just tons of skeletons mm-hmm. just piled up, and it's like, oh, this is grisly, and the monster look, looks horrifying. It looks like something from like 
like cosmic horror, Lovecraftian or like far realm stuff from Dungeons and Dragons. It's this nasty monster that has these like eel like tentacle mouths coming out of the ground to get you. And so you you fight this monster. It's a really scary looking like almost like monstrous ogre like face. And you defeat it, and then you're. I, I sat there like when I, when you beat the game, and you're staring, and you're like, "Oh, silver armlet holder, it kind of looks like a woman." And then it's like, "I'm actually your sister, Gwen," and it's like, "Oh, oh, that was, yeah, that's totally a girl." Well, I'll be danged. Yep. And uh, yeah, you. It's a an, a fairly interesting twist. Your older sister Gwen was possessed by the silver armlet, hence why she called you silver or golden armlet, mm-hmm. and didn't refer you as an actual person because you know it's p- possessed by Agito, this like evil wizard or whatever. And uh, yeah, you you defeat your sister and or or Agito, who's controlling your sister, and then she basically forces you out of the dungeon and decides to seal herself in with these armlets so that, like, you know, nobody else can get them or whatever. And it's kind of a depressing ending. Yeah, a little bit. And, yeah, you you beat the game. You get out. You're, you're, you know, the the king recovers and your your princess sister's fine and, you know, all this stuff. And she she basically says it because she she felt she had committed too many crimes, even though she was under somebody else's control. Mm -hmm. But then they show in the end cutscene she's, like, outside and has, like, the armlets, but then seals them away. So I don't know if, like, she gets out or if she seals herself in with them. I mean, I kind of took it as, like, she went into the dungeon further and just placed them on, like, a pedestal. I can see that, yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, so you, you uh, there is a sequel to this game, uh, Legend of Oasis on Sega Saturn. Oh. Yeah, this game had a sequel. Uh, so maybe they give you a little bit more of a reveal or, or show what happens to your sister you there. You didn't play that one? I've not, no. I, I've never owned a Sega Saturn. I mean, nobody did, so. Pretty much. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I, I kind of want, like, a, you know how they're coming out with all these mini consoles? Yeah. I kind of want a, a mini Sega Saturn so that I can play something like I that. I mean, I have a Sega Saturn. Let me see how much it costs. Maybe I can Ooh. Maybe I can have us do a retro relapse. Ooh, I'm not opposed to that. Uh, but yeah, it eventually had a sequel, uh, and uh, it's it's kind of more of the same. A lot of people really like that. Uh, because the Sega Saturn didn't have tons of great games, I, I would say this is probably one of the higher rated ones. Uh, Legend of Oasis, the sequel. Sorry, Craig, it's not happening. How much? It's like 150 bucks. Oh, 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 yikes. Yeah, that ain't yeah, that ain't that's a lot of money. Uh, for a retro relapse, not worth it. I mean, I've almost spent that before for retro relapse. On bad games. On bad games, yeah. Hmm. That's me. That's my life. <sighs> yeah, you should be crying. You deserve to cry. I hope it doesn't feel good. I hope it feels bad. The only joy I get is having you guys play them. <laughs> Temporarily. <And suffering. laughs> Temporarily. So yeah, the uh that's uh, uh pretty much the 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 gist of uh Beyond Oasis. It's it's almost more about the gameplay than it is like the story or anything. You know, running around and like fighting is a lot of fun. The controls are tight, the sound effects are great. And so yeah, it's uh Yeah, all uh, around just like a fantastic looking game. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Ancient does really good work. You know, the, the, all the games they've done, I've, I've definitely been, you know, very, uh, very impressed by, I would say. 
you know, even a game like Robotrek on Super Nintendo, which is not as heavy in the graphics, you know, makes up for it with good music and, you know, interesting kind of weird gameplay. So, you know, all in all, I, I would say Ancient does great work. And Beyond Oasis is probably one of their better games, honestly. You know, they, they really did a good job with this. Uh, Wait, you can think... Uh Koshiro's mom. Thank you so much, Mrs. Mom. Koshiro. Thank you, Mrs. I, Koshiro. I thank you. You're the I best. appreciate it. Uh, but can, you, uh, can you show come out and play, please? <laughs> but glitch, I tell you what. What kind of uh, speedrun info have you uh, found about this game? Uh, there's an any percent held mm-hmm. by uh, T Huck, which uh, I thought maybe might be mm-hmm. Pacni T H U K. Because a lot of UK speedrunners like to just put UK at the end of their name. Oh, yeah? So that it, I don't know exactly how it's pronounced, but um, he has a time. Did you want to give a guess of what the any, any percent is? He does use a little bit of out of bounds, oh. but you still have to say, you know, you obviously have to get all four spirits because sure. you can't access certain areas without it. Right, right. I, I don't know. I would say maybe like... Uh, I feel like the game probably is like ten hours if you're if you're doing like the bonus dungeon and all that stuff. So oh, maybe around five hours. Okay. Um, so he beats the game in thirty nine minutes and forty eight seconds. Cripes. <laughs> I was so amazed when I looked up the speed run because I was like, "Man, this is a really long game. How do you?" Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, I can see. Because I guess technically you don't really have to fight the enemies most of the time. Well, yeah, it's not like a level system. So or you anything. just kind of just run past everyone. Yeah, I could see that. Because you don't need to upgrade anything. You just yeah. unlock the spirits and head to the end. The the gameplay, or the combat being fun, is what draws you to do the combat. But really, <laughs> it's not needed to like for gameplay. Not sake. when you're trying to beat it as fast as possible. That is true. Um, so he does do a couple out-of-bounds stuff. Uh-huh. For some reason, uh, the trees in the forest... Uh, the, so like when you're... I guess I've I've used like an RPG maker before, uh-huh. and when you're building out a plat, you know, like a stage, mm-hmm. and you have like a screen transition, you usually want areas where you can't walk to line up. So like if you have if you're in a castle, you're gonna build like a boundary. Sure. So you, you know you can't walk through the wall. Yeah, yeah. And then so as, if you go to like the screen up, you're gonna keep the boundaries aligned. Well, when they made this game, when you go into the forest, you can get behind the trees. So if you go back the way you came, you can step on like the cliff, the the rocky part of the cliff. So I see. what he does is he goes to the forest, gets behind the tree, steps on the cliff, and now you're on that level of terrain. Okay. So he just kind of like follows the outline of the cliff and he can get to areas where you can't. He ends up passing when you get to the mountain castle. Mm-hmm. There's like this long treacherous path you have to go where you fight enemies upon enemies upon enemies to get to the top of this castle he just goes underground out of bounds and just passes by everyone oh man um in the red dragon fight he uh uses mm-hmm. a bomb as soon as he enters to push himself towards the dragon yeah so when the dragon head comes towards you to start the battle you're actually behind it oh. and so he just basically just keeps hitting the head from the back and the dragon can't attack you and the dragon dies. Well, I mean, it's like a quick kill. Um, there's a fire glitch, which he uses kind of the same method. This mm-hmm. is against the three eye being that we didn't really talk about. There's like this um, non-entity type being that has three eyes that you defeat okay, before yeah. you fight Silver Armlet. Um, he throws the bomb. When he enters the room, it pushes him towards it. When the dialogue starts up, 
uh, Ali's on fire because of the bomb he put down. Uh-huh. Well, because he stays on fire throughout the battle because of the dialogue, mm-hmm. he's invincible. So he just basically keeps hitting the eye in the head uh-huh. as stuff's coming down and it's supposed to you know damage him. He just you know doesn't get any kind of kickback or anything like that. Really? Yep. Um, there is a uh, 100%, which is all 60 of the spirit gems. Oh, yeah. We didn't really talk about that. Spirit gems are kind of like uh, they increase your uh, spell points or your hit points based on whichever gem you get. Yeah, they're like a collectible that you can find throughout the game that bo- yeah boosts your stats a bit. Yeah, so like we're early in the game. That is, I guess, one of the RPG elements of the game mm-hmm. is you know you use a spell and it takes up like half of your spell points. But if you collect these gems, you have a higher point system, and you know it only uses like an eighth of the spells, yeah. so things like that. Uh, so that's the hundred um, percent held by um, the same person, Packney, and he does it in an hour, twenty-eight minutes, and fifty-seven seconds. Seriously? Yeah. Wow. On an hour and a half, and that—that's a lot of backtracking too, because you know there are those sections where you can't get them, get to them until you get the certain spirits. Right. Right. Man, that's insane. Yeah. I yeah, kudos. So that's... you're ten hours there, buddy. <laughs> Wasting your time. You're not wrong. You gotta get to the force and get out of bounds. But I like fighting enemies. No, you just gotta run past them. But it's fun. <laughs> Beating people up is fun. I will say in, in the runs he does use the fire spirit a lot because it is that brute and it, it it's uh it's special. I guess it's what you hold down A. Is how you use it. There's a uh, yeah, yeah. The press A, is the a double button. tap, and a hold down. Uh huh. It does like this spin, and it shoots fireballs like in a circle. Oh, for the holding it. So what he'll do, the the runner will just kind of like if there's a group of enemies, he'll just kind of force them into like a, a you know into the middle of the screen, and then get the spirit there in the middle and just destroy everyone. I gotcha. No, that's a pretty slick move. I. Uh, but uh, glitch. Is there anything else you found about uh, the like glitches or speed runs or anything uh, before we uh, jump into the music? No, let's uh, let's check out the music. I mean, I know you're a big fan. Absolutely, I know I'm a fan of Yuzo Koshiro's work. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, hear a word from one of our sponsors, and uh, we'll be back in a few moments with the music. Hey, it's me, everybody, Tim Kittrow. I'm here to talk to you about Old School Gamer. Old School Gamer is the magazine for gamers. It covers arcade and retro gaming, gives you gaming history and in-depth interviews with people like me who are there, and it lets you know what conventions are happening and when. Issues come out once every other month. Plus, a website full of even more razzle-dazzle, and it's all for just 30 bucks a year. So visit OldSchoolGamer.com and subscribe now. Boom-shakalaka! All right, so the music, of course, was composed by Yuzo Koshiro, who worked on the game and also did the uh, the music. Uh, Yuzo Koshiro has worked on the music for Act Razors 1 and 2, Sonic 1 on the Game Gear, Streets of Rage 1 through 3. He worked on the music for Shenmue. He's done the music for the Etrian Odyssey series on the DS uh, in more recent years. This guy has done a ton of, of video game music for years and years. And in fact, uh, Streets of Rage 4 which is going to be coming out uh, uh, sometime, I think, in the next year. Uh, you know, that retro-style beat-em-up, yeah. the sequel to the Streets of Rage games, is using his music as oh, well. He's, is he doing that, or they're just using old? Uh, he's doing new music for it. Oh, that's awesome. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah, this is the first episode I've been on where you guys have done the music for Crusira. And, uh, I mean, Nintendo Power once stated that uh, he's arguably the greatest ga- uh, video game music composer of the 16-bit era. He's great. 
he's phenomenal. Like, and I mean, the interesting thing is, like, unlike so many other composers, which you know stuck to a 16-bit system and ran with it, he did both the Super Nintendo and the Sega Genesis. You know, I I, I don't think he worked on any music for the Turbo Graphics 16, which is a shame. Because uh, that would have been interesting to see all, oh, yeah. the, you know, all the music, you know, from every one of those uh, systems, uh, you know, be able to compare them. Now, what's interesting is, honestly, the music for Beyond Oasis is, it's not bad. I enjoy it, but I don't think it's Yuzo Koshiro's best work by any means. It's it's a little, I feel like, you know, you know, you give them something poppy and and fun, like Sonic on Game Gear or all the Streets of Rage games. But I feel like, you know, when you gave him this, like, fantasy epic, he didn't, like, it didn't hit quite as well, which is weird because Act Razor is, is kind of like a, like that fantasy rock kind of elements to it. And it's interesting that he didn't go in that direction with, with this. I mean, so those are two different platforms, so maybe he just didn't know how to develop the same idea on the Sega. That could be. That could very well be. I mean, he had a pretty good idea of how to do you know, crazy music like that on, like, Streets of Rage. So it's weird he couldn't put that fantasy spin to it. Yeah. Uh, unless maybe that's just not what he wanted to go for. You know, maybe the... Maybe you're just too picky. That could very well be. You know, he might be just a little too dang picky. Uh, yeah, that's what I said. I said dang. I'm... Is it what you said? I don't know. Funny? Uh, whatever. Uh, but uh, we have a few themes that we're going to go ahead and uh, play for you uh, from uh, Beyond Oasis here. Uh, so first off, we're going to play uh, with uh, the battle theme. Uh, so let's go ahead and give it a listen. interesting because a lot of the music in Beyond Oasis will, and I don't know if he was maybe going for like maybe like a movie type approach or something, but like it gets real low, it's soft, it's quiet, and then it expands back out and it becomes, like it's not like bad to listen to or anything, but it's like almost like awkward in some points, you know? Yeah, and I think it has a lot to do with the fact that in the game, most of the time you're in shrines or you're in caves or you're in castles. So it's usually like this like setting where you, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to be fighting all these different enemies in these dark areas. Yeah, that's true. A lot of the 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 game is dungeon delving and so a lot of the music reflects that. And, you know, and in that case, I, I guess you're right. I didn't really look at it that way, you know, because I'm so used to Yuzo Koshiro's work where it's like, you know, 
you're fighting in nightclubs and yeah, stuff. On the streets. You know? Yeah, you know, whereas in this game, yeah, you're dungeon delving. And so, you know, a lot of that music isn't going to pair as well. Even in Act Racer, you're running a, uh, through castles and, you know, like in forests. So, you know, a lot of that music is a little bit more, you know, almost lighter fare. It's rock, you know, but it's, you know, a little bit more uh, lighter fare compared to like the heavy yeah. kind of like, you know, dark dungeon crawling music here. Big bass. Yeah, yeah. So let's listen Style. to a, a little bit of the water cave music. Uh, this is one that you would uh, wanted to listen to, uh, Glitch. So let's go ahead and uh, I'll play this one a bit. is like almost like a little disjointed and it does a good job I will say of of really kind of making you feel feel ill at ease. Yeah. Very like disjointed and kind of like erratic. The reason I picked that theme is cuz as I was watching these yeah. these playthroughs that section came up and I was like, "Oh, that sounds so familiar." That one part there at the end that we played. And it hit me. It it's it's a lot like the sound check from Sega CD. Sonic, C- uh, Sonic CD on the Sega CD. Yeah, the creepy song. That creepy song that they use a lot in like the the creepy pastas that you'll find online. Uh, and I was like, oh, that's just like that theme. So I wanted to make sure that we played that for you guys. Yeah, it's really, really spooky. And in fact, even this song, uh, uh, which is uh, the final one we're going to play for you, Voice from Dark Side. Uh, it's like one of the final dungeon themes. And it's very, very just kind of dark like a lot of the music in this game is very uh kind of dark and and heavier uh so let's go ahead and give this a listen Thank you. 
yeah, real dark and almost kind of like twisted in some uh, cases. Yeah, I completely agree. It, it, it's uh, almost like I'm being <laughs> in like a mind control. Like someone's like just yeah creeping I, me out. Yeah, I, I, I. It sounds like a weird analogy, but I, I honestly, I kind of get where you're coming from. Yeah, I don't know how to say it, but yeah, it's like someone's taking my soul <laughs> as I'm looking at you. Uh-huh. What is happening right now? Don't worry about it. Just accept it. Uh, it hurts. <laughs> that's that's beyond Oasis. It's an awesome top-down adventure game. And let's face it, the the Sega Genesis didn't have a ton of those. You know, there weren't that many. No. Uh, so you know, this is uh, uh, definitely worth checking out. Uh, probably one of my favorite Sega Genesis games. Really enjoy it. Uh, but uh, glitch, what uh, uh, what kind of final thoughts did you have on the game? I think it looks fantastic. I, I mean, honestly, just the aesthetic of it. The boss battles, mm-hmm. very beautiful. Oh, yeah. So I, I would honestly say if you don't own this game for the Sega Genesis and you're a big Sega guy, definitely get this. This is games you should own. Oh, for sure. This is absolutely a, uh, I, I would say, a must-have for the, uh, for the Sega Genesis, for sure. Uh, definitely have always really loved this game. Glad we could uh, chat about it. But uh, I tell you what, Glitch, let's go ahead and uh, jump on into our Retro Relapse. Jones in for a classic game. It's time for Retro Relapse on the Legend of Retro Podcast. Retro Relapse. So for this week, mm-hmm. I had you guys play one of my all-time favorite games playing as a kid. And that was Malibu Beach Volleyball. This is a game that I had probably when I first got my Game Boy. Wow, yeah, so this was released in 1990, uh, which I think would have been, what, a year after the Game Boy release? Something like that? Yeah, uh, yeah, because we just hit the 30th year anniversary, I think, like a month or so ago. Oh, yeah, that's right. Of, uh, the, of the Game Boy. So, yeah, this is uh, a release early in the Game Boy's life. Uh, Malibu Beach Volleyball is, uh, I, it sure is a beach volleyball <laughs> game. You guys had a really hard time with this. I couldn't believe... I had a really difficult time with the controls. I could not get them to do what I wanted. Like I would jump, and then like nothing would happen. It'd be like, oh, you got to hit the the other button as well. And it's like, all right, fine. And then I would try doing that, and it'd be like, oh, but yeah, but you didn't do this. And it's like, oh my god, it just the controls. I had a really, really, really difficult time. Yeah, with. Uh, Xander seemed to get the hang of it. Uh, Xander started getting the the controls pretty. Yeah, because I think he got it after if you chops gave it a shot. But uh, th- your problem, by the way, was that you were standing in front of the ball uh-huh. or right directly underneath you need to be a little bit behind the ball to set it. And that's why you kept missing oh. every time you went to go hit the ball. And then you it took you a while to figure out that you need to jump and press the spike button to spike the ball. Yeah, it was. Which it, took, you, it took you a bit. I mean, I think you were down like nine nothing by the time you were like, oh, I got it. Yeah, by the time I figured out the controls, I was already losing. And at that yeah. point, it was like, oh, I'm not winning this one. That's for sure. Uh, you know, we were just playing the the uh, you know uh, the computer though, you know, because we were playing on. Well, actually, yeah, yeah, we had to be playing uh, single player because it, it was Game Boy. Yeah, we were talking about. I think at the beginning of the video, see that we had mentioned. Oh, it's two player, but we realized we need link cables and two, you know, Game Boys, and uh-huh. we were playing on the Super Game Boy, so that wasn't actually yeah, it wasn't anything very, that was possible. Mm-hmm. So we couldn't do that. Not exactly feasible, which is a shame. Yeah. It would be fun to play this multiplayer. I would, I, 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 I might not have been a huge fan of the game, but I'd love to see this actually played with two people rather than, uh, you know, just computer. Man, do I get a second copy of this and have it in the Morelli video game tournament? <laughs> 
Oh man, is that the move? Oh man, you w- it would it would have to be one of the uh, starting rounds because you know nobody's going to be able to watch it. Well, <laughs> could you get two Super Game Boys going? Yeah, that's how I'd have to do it. Essentially, two Super Game Boys. Yeah, just this would be the head to head round. Oh my lord! So this would be. I mean, I've already done a volleyball game for the for the final, so I guess maybe which I won. Yeah, you, did, you did it. Yes, yeah. you get that second place. Yes, take that five mile, Rick. <laughs> that was actually a super close match. It was it was maybe one of the greatest. Yeah, because you guys went into extra points. We did. Uh, it was great. Volleyball for you guys that aren't familiar with, you have to win by two. And they just kept going back like 14, 15, 15, 16, 16, 17. Like it was just back and forth. Honestly, the I whole would. Time. I would pro- even though it was like you know beach volleyball on the Nintendo, this like you know old hokey game. I would probably say that was in probably one of my top five greatest video game battles I've ever had oh, with cool. somebody. That I'm was so they, much fun. I'm glad I could have that for you. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. That was su- su- surprisingly <clears throat> solid. Yeah, but uh, this game kind of works the same way. It's just volleyball. You're playing the computer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's you know top down. Um, you can spike it. And I mean that's that's about it. It's a Pretty game basic. Bo- it's a Game Boy game. There's four countries I believe you could choose from: uh, Japan, Germany, United States, and Italy. Don't quote me on that. I can't remember for sure. But Axis plus America. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just wondering. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you fight Stalin and you fight <laughs> Mussolini. <laughs> And the final bosses, you know what? Actually, I I, so I, uh, yeah. It's so. So, what do you rate this on the eight bit scale? This this obviously means this game means a lot to you, and you have a lot of nostalgia for it. So that might blind you a bit. But what would you say? So I'll 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 take a point away for nostalgia. I'll just assume that nostalgia has given me at least one point. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So I'll give this a five out of ten. Five out of ten. I was gonna say probably a four out of uh, wait out of eight. Out of eight. Sorry. Okay. Yep. Out of eight. Sorry. Sorry, sorry. So five out of eight for you. I would probably say a four out of eight. I had a hard time with the controls, but I, once I started getting the hang of it, I started having more fun. Uh, I thought that it was interesting. You know, was was it this game where you could choose the the court or no? No, I don't think you could in this one. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember being able to choose a court uh, or beach. You know, I suppose because yeah, it is specifically beach volleyball. So I'm sure there wasn't like any other options or anything. But I uh, asphalt. Ouch! The great way to play volleyball. Oof! I, uh, yeah, the the you know, it, it, all in all, it's a pretty basic game. But for something on the Game Boy, you know, when you're just looking to like play a little bit at a time, kill some time, wait on a doctor's appointment, wait on you know food to come, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever the case may be, I, I think this is a, a pretty a pretty solid choice. And I and I'll be excited for you to have two Super <laughs> Nintendo, su- two Super Game Boys, the Link Cable, the whole nine yards as you force people to play two-player Game Boy game. Maybe not even necessarily this, just the notion of a, a head-to-head Game Boy game will be very fun in the future. I'm I, excited to see that someday. I will say that this game is, is as enjoyable as the referee's bikinis. Okay, so special shout out to uh, the creeps that made this game. Uh, on the back of the box, it legitimately says the action's as hot as the ref's bikini. And the ref is is a girl in a bikini. Yeah. Super I, creeps. <laughs> Very creepy. Very, very early 90s. We can get away with this sexism. Shout out to Craig for actually doing that portion of the bit because he could have just left it as me saying that and been like, 
Glitch, you're super creepy. <laughs> yeah. how, 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 how much egg would be on your face if you were like, not as hot as the bikinis? And I was like, okay, yeah, all right, let's move on to the bracket. And you're just like, uh, but this was a this was a bit. This was After the episode, I'm like, Craig, you kind of left me out in the water there. Yeah, I did, you creep. How do you feel about that? All Glitch, right. how would you like to chat about our second round of the opening music bracket? Why, I would enjoy that very much, Craig. Or opening music. Character Character bracket. theme. Character theme bracket. What yeah. am I thinking? Character theme brackets. What we have are, uh, I, this is another one of those, like, these are very different songs. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so, I think I think this might be a blowout, though, if I'm being honest. Do you think so? Yeah. yeah wow. I think so. And, and you, you're going to go more old school. You're going to go Nintendo, not PlayStation. Oh, yeah. Interesting. So what we have is uh, a Nintendo song going against a PlayStation song. Uh, you know, there's a pretty big disparity in the generations there, of course. Uh, but first off, which isn't to say this is not a great song. I do love this song greatly. Uh, it is Proto Man's theme from Mega Man 3, composed by uh, Yasuaki Fujita and Harumi Fujita. No relation. Uh, you have uh, the probably one of the, the better soundtracks to a Nintendo game in Mega Man 3, and this is the theme of Proto Man. So let's go ahead and give this guy a listen. Awesome, super oh. iconic Nintendo theme. Seriously, I uh, this was a ring like the first cell phone I got. It uh-huh. was just like you know that that like really 
crummy sounding music that you could get onto your cell phone. Sure, sure. You could download like all that bit music. Yeah, all the MIDI and MIDI files. MIDI or whatever. files, things. Yeah. Uh, this was my ringtone. A MIDI version of, of the uh, first. The theme? first. It was like that blocky Verizon, like small two inch screen type cell phone. Uh, did you have a flip phone first? No, it wasn't a flip phone. Oh, I, my first was a flip phone. Okay, so you were the cool kid. I mean, I think I got my cell phone a little later than most oh, okay. other people did, so really I was not. I mean, I, I think I was a senior in high school, so I'd, it wouldn't have been that oh, much. Oh, yeah, uh, it probably would have been around the same time I got mine. But, yeah, that was the first ringtone I ever had. That's great. So, I uh, I think I had Earthbound music. I think I tried to download Earthbound music for my first ringtone. And I was like, yeah, Minis of, <laughs> this is so cool. Minis of Earthbound music. I, but I, what it's going against on the PlayStation, as I mentioned, is Dart's theme from The Legend of Dragoon, which is a uh, uh, definitely a, a lot of people love the, uh, you know, Legend of Dragoon for for PlayStation. A lot of people are clamoring that it get a remake or a sequel or you know reboot, whatever. Yeah, is this Chops' favorite game? This is one. This is one, one of, of Chops. Yeah, games? this is one of his favorite games. I don't think it is his favorite video game okay. of all time, but it is in his top, like probably his top ten or something. Yeah, yeah. Chops really loves this game. Uh, so uh, this song was composed by Takeo uh, Miratsu and Dennis Martin. Oh, Dennis Martin. Yeah, I'm. I'm I. We, we've not gone, because uh, we've not done an episode on Legend of Dragoon, have we? At least I've not been a part of one. I'm looking it up. Uh, yeah, I don't believe we have. I, I would be interested to, to dive into uh, the music to find out why we have, uh, uh, you know, somebody from the West working with somebody from Japan. Yeah, we have not. Yeah, that's uh, interesting. I, I would definitely want to do a little bit of research to see how that came about. Uh but uh, but as far as that goes, Dart's theme is is really great. This is uh, I I think this will be a fairly tough match because this is a fun theme. Uh, let's go ahead and give Dart's theme a listen.
pretty cool theme. Yeah, I love this theme a lot. It's awesome. Yeah, it's a, a very good one. I uh, it, it'll be interesting to see. You know, I mean, it's basically the Nintendo taking shots at the PlayStation here. You know, so it'll be interesting to see uh, uh, how everyone votes because you know there's a lot of uh, fans that love Legend of Dragoon, but like. Proto Man is yeah, like, Proto-Man, you know, I, it, he's a I, favorite. I think this is going to be just a clean sweep for uh, Proto Man. I think Proto Man's going to dominate Dart this time. Really? Oh, Man. yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I don't know that it'll be that <laughs> clear cut and dry. I, I think a lot of people will, you know, who are, are, you know, like fans of the, would you call Legend of, Dra- Legend of Dragoon a cult hit? I would say so. Yeah. So, like, a, the cult hit that is Legend of Dragoon. It's, yeah. It's kind of like that Fire Emblem. And I think just like not as popular. Like, the, I think this would be considered a cult hit for sure. Okay, yeah. But, I mean, it's up to the fans. I mean, and you guys can vote. Craig, you want to lay down how you, how you can vote on this? Absolutely. So, uh, you have four different options for voting. You have the ability to jump on our Legend of Retro Facebook page. You can find us there. You can find us on Twitter. You have votes there uh, in each of those places each week. You also have our Discord. If you go to GameZillaMedia.com, you're going to be able to find a link to our Discord and sign up there. You can go ahead and vote on uh, you know that every week and also chat with us about retro gaming and other topics. And to top it off, if you're a member of our Patreon page uh, over at Patreon.com slash GameZillaMedia, you're going to be able to get a bonus vote there as well. Yeah, what's great about our Patreon, too, is there's multiple options. So there's the $1, you get that bonus vote. You also get early access to a retro relapse. They normally come out on Thursdays, but you can get it Sunday and see how we feel about the game early. Then there's a $5 Patreon level, and mm-hmm. there you get our bonus episode every month. It's our Game Shark episode. We cover just random topics. If you want to know who voted for what songs, believe it or not, Chaps didn't pick this song. That is true. This is one of Chops' favorite songs, but it was not his pick. So head back to June where we did our draft. We did like a snake draft style, uh, and we all picked our votes, and you get to kind of get the lowdown on on who picked what. I think that uh, uh, longtime fans of Legend of Retro will very, very much appreciate how I went about my choices in the draft. Uh, I think that, uh, uh, you know, because all of us had a, a goal in mind yep. or, or, or a theme or something, you know, so, so definitely check that out. <laughs> I, I think that it will be greatly appreciated by our longtime uh, listeners. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you get all the bonus content from, you know, uh, all of Gamezilla Media because it's you know all a part of one network. You know, definitely consider supporting us on there because you know not only is it greatly appreciated, but you know you you just get tons of content. You know, yeah, you get it from all of our shows on the on the Gamezilla Media Network, Last Action Podcast, Gamezilla Podcast, Noiseland Arcade, and Noobs and Dragons are D and D podcast. You get all their bonus monthly bonus episodes. Yep. You can also uh, check me out over on uh, uh, Twitch. If you go to twitch.tv slash Craig underscore WK, you will find uh, that I'm streaming uh, weekday mornings uh, around 8 to 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, you can also check out the old videos. They stay in uh, archive for a bit, you know, after I've uh, finished the stream. So, you know, make sure to check that out. Hang out with me. Play classic video games. Ton of fun. I'll be there. I'll be in the chat. Yeah, glitches. Yeah, glitches. Irritating Craig the whole time yep. about having them play Dragon Quest and other games like that. I already played Dragon Quest 7. What more do you want from me? There are, come on, there's 10 other games in the series. Not to count the spinoffs. You got a long list to go there, Craig. You better hurry up. Stop playing Super Mario World for the fifth time. 
but I like Mario World a lot. It is a good game. I'll give you that. It's very good. Uh, so yeah, you and I uh, find us, you know, on Discord, chat with us there, find us on Twitch. You know, there's tons of ways to uh, reach out to us and have fun with us and appreciate classic video games. You know, classic video games like Beyond Oasis, otherwise known as, uh, I think it's the story of Thor in uh, the West or uh, yeah, in uh, over in Japan and uh, 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 Europe. Yeah, that's the subtitle, Story of Thor. Yeah, uh, so absolutely uh, go ahead and uh, you know reach out to us support us on Patreon definitely means a lot and we will catch you next time when the legend continues, continues.